Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Isn't that, um, did you guys catch the, what the father does, the son does? That's not a message, but that's a whole nother message, ain't it? What the father does, the son does. All right, let's leave that alone. As, as, um, see, I was, I was hanging out with Louie, uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and he's been having this kind of breaks in his job where, where he only has to do a couple of things and then he's free. And so he's been just blessing me by coming here and just helping me. So he helped me do the stage. He helped me do so many things. And so we've been working together a lot. And we, we happened to be, we were both, we're both not very comfortable with heights. And one day we happened to be on the roof. You know, we had to take a, a ladder that doesn't really reach the roof. So so you, you're on the, Louis taller than me, so it's easier for him, but for me, I'm a little shorter. So you get to the top of the roof, and now you're at the tip of the tip of the ladder. So now you kind of have to do that little jump to get it. Not cool. And then when you get up to the ladder, because there's a short roof over there, then we had to bring a ladder with us to climb onto the bigger ladder. So we were not very comfortable, and, and needless to say, we were very um, emotional. And so I guess that's when all this started coming out, and we started telling stories, I guess, in case we died that... We wanted to at least, you know, share with each other. And so we had some moments. And so he told me about that story. Are you in the right church? And, you know, I laughed about it. I said, man, that's, isn't it incredible how God finds ways to talk to us? Can you imagine the setup God had to do to have that magazine printed, to have it delivered, to have it, you know, ordered and have that person have it, and then to put it in order in the table and have it at the time and the place that when he's asking God that question, that, that, that he would run into it. Do you understand how, how incredible God is? Do you see how God can speak to you and he can plan things? Uh, I mean, how long does it take for a magazine to go into publishing, editing, printing, distribution? How long ago did God have to plan that to get that message to him? Isn't that incredible? How God can plan things? Amen. Thank you, Jair. So I, as I started thinking about that, that, that question never left my, my heart that week. And it kind of evolved into, are you in the right church to, are you in the right place? Are you in the right place? And how many of you have heard the expression, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time? How many of you used the expression, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time? Whole, whole, all the time, that's not good. We're we changing that, amen? Half the people in prison will tell you, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? And the, the key is though that half of them will probably be right. They'll be telling the truth. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time, Right? So if it's all right with you, I want to take a break from our name dropping series today to ask you that vital question. Are you in the right place? Are you where God wants you to be right now? And, you know, when we think of, of questions like that, we usually think of location. And, you know, we use phrases like that, you know, but, but I want to go beyond that because, yes, it's good to know that you are in the right place. That's a good, that's a good thing to know, location-wise. Today, right now, you're probably in a really good place. I, I would say this is probably the right place for you to be today. Amen? 
I think this is a good place for you to be today. Not just because I'm the pastor of the church. I just think this is a good place for us to be today, location-wise. <clears throat> but how many know you can be in the right place and not be in the right place? You with me? You can be in the right place and not be in the right place. And believe it or not, when you look up the word place, such a simple word, it just means place, there, right? There's 52 different definitions for the word place. Let me break them all down for you. No, I just want to go through a couple of them for you real quick. Place is, is associated with location, right? We go to this place, we go to that place. You put everything in this place. There's a place for that. There's a place for this, right? It's associated with rank. You know how you tell somebody, listen, you're in no place to talk to me like that, right? It's, it's a position or it's a rank thing. You are in no place to talk to me like that. There's, it's also situational or circumstance. We, we tell people, listen, come on, put yourself in my place. I'm going to use that one, right? Put yourself in my place. I had to kick him out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right? So it's, it's, it's a positional thing, right? A situational. There's also an arrangement thing. It's the thing about having to do with arrangements. You place a bet. You place an order. Right? You place an order. Right? You didn't think the place had so many different things, right? It's also um, positional in the way, like in sports. You're in first place, second place, third place. You're the loser. Or the winner, like the guys in the volleyball game. You're the winner, and right, right. So, so there's first place. So in sports, there's places, right? <laughs> Hater. In jobs, in jobs, there's places, right? There's places in jobs. There's people in high places. There's people in low places, right? In jobs. Also in theater. In theater, when when the time comes, people yell, "Places, places." And that means everybody has to go and find the place where they are supposed to be to do what they are supposed to do. Is that deep? Today, in in church today, we're going to yell places. We're going to yell places. And and we're going to ask that everybody take the place and be in the place that God wants you to be. I I, I want you to ask yourself, are you in the right place? place. And when I ask you that, at the end of this message in a few minutes, I I want you to think about all of those things. I want you to really understand that I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about are you in the right place? I've already asked how many of you feel like you've been in the wrong place at the wrong time? A couple of you? You've ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? You ever used that excuse? How many of you know you could be in the right place at the wrong time? You ever done that? How many people ever showed up for a meeting or something and you're in the right place, you got the right outfit on, you're ready, but they tell you, you're not supposed to be here till Thursday. It's only Tuesday, right? You're at the right place, but it's the wrong time, right? So, see, I don't know how all of you guys feel about all this, but my desire and my goal is to always be in the right place at the right time. Because in the right place, that's where things happen. Amen? In the right place, that's where change happens. I'm done with that. We're good. In the right place, that's where transformation can occur. And see, we see it time after time and again throughout the Word of God. People in the wrong place at the wrong time, they miss it. And people in the right place at the right time, they find life. And they taste that abundant life. Right in the beginning, this is good, in Genesis, right? People, Adam and Eve, they're walking around the garden in the middle of the day. And it says, God would speak to them. Do you read that in, in Genesis? 
It says that, I mean, can you imagine just being, they were in the right place at the right time. God created this whole garden for them to be in. And wherever they went, they, they were just in the right. It says that God, in the, in the middle of the day, God would speak to them. See, so when you're in the right place, God speaks to you. Amen? What happened later on? Now, there was one place that they shouldn't have been, right? God, God said, you, could, you all of this I made for you, but there's one place. Don't eat from that tree. Don't, amen. Don't eat from there. Don't go there. And what happened? They were in the wrong place. And in the wrong place, who spoke to them? Right? In the wrong, amen. <laughs> in the wrong place, they had animals speaking to them. In the wrong place, the enemy was speaking to them. So, so kind of, you know, make that association. God's, when you're in the right place, God will speak to you. If you're in the wrong place, you got to watch who's speaking to you. Amen? Are, are you feeling me? Young people, I really need you to focus and pay attention. Because believe me, this is a word for you. Because listen, God's blessings are waiting for you in the right place. God's purpose is waiting for you in the right place. God's direction is waiting for you in the right place. Where you are will determine who speaks to you. Come on, that one's worth writing down. Somebody write it down. Thank you. Where you are, will de- I want to see this on some of your MySpace. Where you are will determine who speaks to you. That's so key. Are you in the right place today? If you're, in, if, if you're just constantly in a state of confusion, what is that telling you? If you're just constantly, you can't decide on things, you can't, you, you're, you're confused, you're depressed, you're, who's speaking to you? Are you in the right place? Get in the right place. In the right place, God speaks to you. In the wrong place, anybody speaks to you. Got me? Only two of you tracking with me. Well, amen. It's for you too. Let me give you a side note. There is never a right time to be in the wrong place. Tell somebody, stay out of wrong places. Nothing good happens in wrong places. I used to always preach, nothing good happens past 9 o'clock. I'm changing it. Nothing good happens in wrong places. Nothing good will happen in the wrong place. You, you, you always want to put yourself in the place where God can speak to you. No excuses. Young people, please, every, just listen. Nothing good happens in the wrong place. No excuse should stop you from getting in the place where God would speak to you. I don't care if you don't like all the kids that come to you. I don't care if you don't like what's going on or if you don't like this person or that person. Listen, don't miss an opportunity to get into the place where God would speak to you. Amen? Don't miss an opportunity to get into the place where God would speak to you. Only in the right place will God speak to you. If you want to keep living in confusion, if you want to keep having doubt, then, then, then visit the wrong place. Stay in the wrong place. But there will never, you will never have joy in the wrong place. You'll never be satisfied in the wrong place. Listen to me. The only, why do you think, uh, church, why do you think we have ladies groups and young adult groups and men's groups and, and, and uh, discipleship on Wednesday and prayer on, on every other Wednesday? We have marriage groups. Why do you think we do that? To provide a place where God can speak to you. That's the right place. If the young adults meet Monday night, that's the right place for every young adult in this place. Do you understand that? 
That, that's not for just a couple of them that are radical and that want to talk about God. And, no, that's the right place for young adults to be. Because if you put yourself in the right place, that's where God will speak to you. Right? Stop making excuses. If there's a ladies fellowship, if there's a men's fellowship, that's the right place for you to be. If you are a lady going to the ladies fellowship, if you're a man going to the... Okay? You, you understand there's different groups for everybody. And, and some of you are thirst buckets and you want to go to everyone. You know, you want to, I, I just want to hear from God everywhere. Okay, but there's places where you, you, know, you don't belong. But when there's a ladies fellowship, don't miss it. Don't miss it because that's the place where God wants to speak to you. Don't, don't um, miss any opportunity for God to speak to you. And, and, you know, I hear so many excuses. And then it, it seems to me, and, and please don't get offended. If you get offended, ask God and deal with it. But it, it seems to me that the more people that I get complaining about things are the people that I don't see on prayer on Wednesday. They're the people that I don't see coming out to discipleship. They're the people that, that hey, you don't spend time with me. You don't. Well, I'm going to be where God's speaking. So if you want to spend time with me, come to where I'm spending time with men. If you want to spend time with the ladies, go to where the ladies are spending time with God. Don't complain. It it, it seems like the the marriages that break up, the people that get offended and leave church, the people that are hurt, broke, got got no life, no, no, no joy in their lives, always complaining about something. Get yourself in the right place. Amen? Get in the right place. Things will change. I can guarantee, I can give you a money back guarantee. Don't make me start about money. Why did why I bring that up? Oh, man. I'll get there in a minute. Listen, check this out. The only time, here's another quote. The only time God will speak to you in the wrong place is to call you out of it. That's it. That's it. You know, we have this, uh, a lot of us have this mindset and we hear it and, and it, it, a lot of it might come from stuff that we say and you might be twisting it. God can speak to me anywhere. Yes. But the only time God will speak to you in the wrong place is to call you out. That's why we call him savior because he saves. Because when we're in some place that we need salvation, he saves and he calls us out. Amen. How many have been called out? How many have been saved? I mean, you've just been saved. That's why we call him Savior. But that's the only words you will hear in the wrong place. And, and the, the sad thing about the state of the church today is that for some of us, that's enough. Just call me out of the wrong place and I'm saved. Amen. But that's it. I don't want to hear nothing else from you, God. I don't want to hear, uh, don't correct me, don't rebuke me, don't exhort me. I'm saved. That's good enough for me. I ain't going to hell. I don't, I'm not willing to change any other part of my life. Tell somebody, get out the wrong place. See, when God called out to Adam, remember, after they ate the fruit and they realized they were naked, and, and then they went and they hid, because God was coming for his morning stroll to talk to them in the right place, and they weren't in the right place, and what did God say? Adam, where are you? Did, was God confused? Was, you know, was Adam really good hiding behind? No, God knew exactly where he was. He wasn't asking him where he was location-wise. He was asking him, are you in the right place? Look at you hiding naked behind a bush with your wife. That's what he was saying. Look at you. 
Are you in the right place? Obviously not, right? Let's, let's, um, let's listen to God's word on this. Let's go to the Old Testament. If you got your Bibles, it's the first half of the Bible. Let's go to turn to Deuteronomy 28. And some of you theologians will argue with me, well, that's the Old Testament, that's the law, that doesn't apply. Understand something, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, he came to fulfill the law. Amen? He didn't come to do away with it, he came to fulfill it because we couldn't. But, but, but does he still want us to live according to his ways? Does he still want us to live and do things according to God's ways? Yes. Can we do it perfectly? No. That's why we have grace. Amen? Jesus' fulfillment brings us grace. So in this chapter, Moses exhorts the nation with a choice. Listen to this. This is harsh. Good. This is good, I mean. Moses exhorts the nation with a choice. The covenant God made with Israel in the Old Testament is, is, is a, it contained three major features. One, the law. Two, the sacrifice. And three, the choice. Jesus came to fulfill the law by being the perfect sacrifice to give us a choice. Nobody's excited. There was the law, there was the sacrifice, and there's a choice. Jesus came to fulfill the law by becoming the perfect sacrifice to then give us a choice. Amen? Amen? So he gives us a choice. History shows us that we've had a hard time with the law and with the sacrifice and we couldn't keep either of them completely. So Jesus fulfilled the law, became the sacrifice, and then all that's left with us is a choice. So let's read right there in Deuteronomy 28. Let me lay out that choice because it's important that we, that we hear it. Look what it says. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all His commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Listen to this. And all of the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord. How many of you want to be overtaken by blessing? I mean, is that something you've experienced? Maybe from time to time? By being in the right place at the, wrong, at the right time, it always overtakes you. That's where God sends it. If you want to be there to receive it, you need to be there to receive it. You can't be hanging out in the wrong place and the package comes and there's nobody to sign for it. Do you understand? He sends it to the right place. And so look, look what it says, verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field, and blessed shall the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your beasts, the increase of your cattle, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall your basket and your kneading trough be. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Everybody say blessed. blessed. Say blessed. blessed. We're blessed. blessed. I ain't going to sing it, so... We're blessed. Verse 12, it says, The Lord shall open to you His good treasury, the heavens. God says, I'll have an open heaven. He'll open to you His treasury, the heavens, to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall never borrow. How many of you tired of borrowing? 
God says we're supposed to be the lenders, not the borrowers. Look, look what it says. And, and you shall lend to many nations, you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. And if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and are watchful to do them. Now, I hear people using that all the time. We're the lenders and not the borrowers. We're the head and not the tail and, and all that, right? But there's a big if you before that. Turn, turn to Candace and say, if you, if you, there's a big if you in that. We can't just call on, see so many people, many of us want to receive Old Testament blessings and promises without Old Testament responsibilities. Thank you, I needed that, Jonathan. I need that, wow, because it's true. We want to receive all these promises, all these blessings, and, and man, you could get a hundred amens by just talking about all God's promises and God's blessings, but nobody wants the responsibility. You don't want to live it. You don't want to, you forget the if yous. You just write those out. You find the version that makes it a little easier to, to read. Listen, there's a choice. You can actually choose blessings or the next part of the whole chapter talks about reversing the blessings and it's all about cursing. It talks about the curses. Everything we just read, it attaches curses instead of blessings. But I love the chapter because you see God brings forth the blessings before the curses. Because it's God's heart that we'd be blessed. It's not God's heart to curse us. We have to stop seeing God as this big judge up on the throne, looking down for every opportunity to curse you. And that's kind of the idea that we get. Looking down for everything you do wrong. Like, like God's only interested in what you do wrong. How many of you kind of go through life like that? God's only interested in what you do wrong. And so he's up real high looking down on us like little ants. And he says, ah, mistake. Loser. Wimp coward and just kind of pointing out everything we do wrong god's looking to bless us amen he's looking to bless us he's actually looking for everything that you do right isn't that a switch in, in god he's looking for everything that you god is dying to catch you doing something right how many of us have been caught lately doing something right come on come on for some of you just coming today was doing something right so, so be blessed and be happy about that because God caught you doing something right. There's a choice. And, and, and God brings all that for us because He's gracious. Because His desire is to bless us, not to curse us. Did you notice in verse 2 it says, All of God's blessings will come upon you and overtake you. I love that word. If we get ourselves in the right place, God's blessings are glued to us. The Hebrew word in there is, is the word that we get cement from. The curses or the blessings are cemented. You ever try to remove cement? It takes heavy machinery to remove something that's been cemented. And usually you destroy both things that you're trying to, to, to separate. Oh, that's a whole other message. So, so we can choose to actually have God's blessings cemented, glued to us, so that everywhere we go, we're blessed. When we go, when we come in the, in the field, in the city, in the country, it says everywhere we go we're blessed or everywhere we go we're cursed. How many of you have felt that curse sometimes? Right? That, that man, nothing I do works. You ever felt like that before? Nothing I touch comes from anything. Every job I get, every relationship I'm in, nothing works. Why? Are you, on the, are you in the right place? Are you in the right place? 
If we get ourselves in the right place, it happens. And now listen to me. All throughout the Word of God, from then on, we're given example after example of what happens with these choices. When people listened and obeyed, they found themselves in the right place at the right time. Blessings overtook them. When people were disobedient, ignored God's desires and plans for their lives, or just made excuses after excuses for not being in the right place, it was like they were always in the wrong place. Nothing good happened. They lived the curse. I love these testimonies. If we look in the Word, you'll see in Luke chapter 8, we talk about a lady with an issue of blood. Remember that story? It says this lady had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She spent her whole life savings going to doctors and physicians to try to be healed. But she's, she's sick. She's still hemorrhaging. Nobody could stop it. And then she finds out, she hears that Jesus is passing by her village. And so she goes to, to see him. And, and the problem is when she gets there, there's a huge crowd. And she can't get to him. But she knows in her head, she says, I'm going to press on and press and press. Because even if I could just get to touch the hem of his jeans. <laughs> if, he didn't dress up, right? <laughs> Jesus wasn't dressed up. He said, if I could just touch the hem of his jeans, I know that I'll be healed. And, and so she knew she'd be healed. And, and what happened? She pressed in. She touched him. She was healed. Amen? And she, she was at the right place at the right time because the right place is always within Jesus' reach. Listen to that. The right place is always the place where you can reach out and touch God. Always. I love, I love these testimonies. In that same chapter, there's a father named Jairus. That's Jair with an us at the end. There's a father named Jairus, and he came to Jesus pleading for his dying daughter. And while he was asking, somebody came and said, listen, stop even asking God because she died. Can you imagine that feeling that you came today to church saying, listen, my pastor, my daughter's dying. I need you. I need God. I need, I need, she's home. She's dying. She can't even get out of bed. She's sick. And then as you're even explaining it, your, your family members come and say, she's dead. She's dead. Stop. Don't, you know. There's no need to ask anymore. She's dead. But he says, no. But he, and he says, no. Jesus, you need to come to my house. Because if you come to my house, I know that she'll be well. What happens? Jesus goes. He got there. He threw everyone out of the room. And he said to her, arise. And she woke up. Right place at the right time. Listen to you. Listen to me. Some of us have not seen the blessing because we haven't invited Jesus into the home. You cannot have a Sunday fling with God. He's not into encounters like that. He's not into, he's not into affairs. He's not into extramarital affairs. Jesus is not into adultery. He's not into that stuff. You can't have a Sunday fling. You can't come here and dance with him and get your, get your groove on and get your blessing on with him and then go and live differently. God says, no, if you want me, marry me. If you want me, take me home. If you want blessing on your home, if you want blessing on everything that you do, I gotta go to your house and say arise to everything in your life. Amen? Come on! Luke 17, Jesus comes to a village. There's ten lepers there. 
ten lepers and from far away because they can't even, lepers have to call people unclean, unclean, so nobody can touch them. So there's ten of lepers there and, and he tells them and they have a dialogue and, and he says they knew that, that God could heal them, right? They had the faith that Jesus could heal them. They know that he's raised people from the dead, that he's cleansed lepers before and so he, and, and Jesus tells them, yes, okay, here's what you do, he tells them, go present yourself to the priests. Because in those times, only a priest could declare you clean again. Isn't that something? Only a priest could declare you clean again. And only after you've been declared clean by a priest, can you join society again. Can you get a job and, and be with people? Right? Until then, you're, you're, out, you're an outsider. You can't be around people. If somebody comes near you, you have to yell out to them, unclean. Right? That's a bad stigma. Isn't that something? You always have to separate yourself. Okay, so Jesus says, go and present yourselves to the priest so that you can be declared clean. It says that they went and as they were going, they were cleansed. As they were going, that means these men had faith, didn't they? Because imagine if I told you, if you came to me with a big tumor sticking out of the side of your neck. And I tell you, go and, and go back to your doctor and let him take x-rays. You're going to tell me, dude, you haven't prayed yet. Dude, it's still there. Are you blind? Look. Right? None of we, I don't know if we would have that kind of faith. But it says that they went in their rotten, decaying leper skin on the way to the priest. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what, like, what are we going to tell the priest when we get there? And we're full of still no good, right? But it says as they were going, they were cleansed. So in obedience, when we obey, in obedience, the blessing comes. Amen? But what happened? The minute they were cleansed, one of them, one of them said, Whoa, I'm cleansed. And he went back to Jesus. The other nine went to the preachers. They're like, I'm going to get my cleansing on. And I'm going to get my permit. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to get a wife. I need somebody to touch me. I've been alone for too long. Amen? The one guy said, no, 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 I need to go back to, to where the blessing came from. I need to go back and thank him. And it says that he went back to Jesus and with a loud voice, he was praising him. And Jesus says, where are your boys? That's how Jesus spoke. He said, where are your boys? Were not all of them clean? Were not all of them made, you know, be, be cleansed? He said, where? And so he, so he tells him, you go and be well. Be made whole. See the difference? They got cleansed on the outside. He got made whole. Because he took the blessing and brought it back to the blessor. Okay? See, so many people get God's blessings because of his grace. Because when you, but, but when you don't tie the blessing back to the blesser, you'll never be made whole. You'll never find yourself at the right place at the right time. Okay, can I give you one more? Mark 8, there was a blind man at the side of the road. And when he heard Jesus was in the crowd that was walking by, he started yelling. He was blind. So it's not he could go running, right? He was blind. So a blind man, a blind beggar by the road would just sit on a mat and, and be blind. Just, you know, call out to people and, and ask for, for help and for, for money. And people would, you know, whatever. You know how it is. Back then, it's kind of the same thing. He was blind. He heard Jesus was in the crowd that was passing by. And so he started screaming. He said, Jesus, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And it says, the word says that people told him sternly to shut up. Sternly. What does that mean? Like they was rough with him, right? They said, dude, shut up. 
That, that means like, you know, guys like, like Joe and Andrew were like, shut up. And you know, when guys like that speak to you, you, you should probably shut up if you know what's good for you, right? But, but nothing, nothing held him back. It says that he was screamed out louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, until he got God's attention. And what happened when he got God's attention? He said, Jesus came to him and asked him a silly question. What's wrong with you? What do you want? He said, I want to see. He said, so see, become what you believe. And his eyes were open. Become what you believe. And his eyes were open. He was at the right place at the right time. And the word says, check this out. Immediately he could see. And it says he picked up his stuff and he followed him. Did you catch that? When he could see, it says he picked up his stuff and he followed him. He was in the right place. Understand, so many of us have been given blessing after blessing, but we don't use the blessings to follow after him. When you don't follow him with the blessings he gives you, you'll end up at the wrong place at the wrong time, and in the end you'll have nothing. Can anybody testify to that? Amen. Amen. See, so many of us are blessed, right? Look at, look at you, you're blessed. Some of you are beautiful. Some of you got beautiful clothes. You're blessed. We don't take the blessing to follow after the blesser. And without it, then we end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Come on. In the end, you'll have nothing. You, you want a different example? Because the, the word is full of them too. The, when Moses led people's, God's people out of captivity, I'm closing with this, I promise. When, when Moses led God's people out of captivity, out of bondage, out of slavery, do you understand the mindset of slavery? These people were slaves. Moses led them out. He went to deliver them. God used Moses to deliver them. And, it, and, and he kept telling them, God has plans and a purpose for them. God has blessings for you. God, but they didn't believe him. And you know, they didn't believe him at first. And God was ready for that. He showed himself strong to them again and again with miracles and signs. How many of you know God is ready? Listen, God is ready for your doubts and your questions. So if you're here today and you're doubting and you have questions, God is ready for that. He's ready for that. You don't have to fake it. God is ready to show himself strong. He, so he's ready for them. He's able to meet them where they were and he's able to meet you where they are today. And so he showed himself strong and then what happened? He, God delivered them. He showed them all these incredible miracles. He set them free. But then as they were on the way out of slavery, time after time after time again, they were disobedient. Right? And so what happened? God had already showed them so much. He proved himself faithful to them again and again. But because of their disobedience, they did not choose the blessing. They wasted 40 years going around in circles. And God had to wait till everyone in the first generation of the disobedient died before allowing the other ones to enter the promised land. Do, do, do you see the effects of sin? Do you see the cause of disobedience? A whole generation had to die off. Before God let the rest of them enter the promised land. How much time are you willing to waste, family? Before you trust God and put yourself in the right place. Listen, God sends his blessings to the right place at the right time. They were intended to overtake us. The problem is that many times we don't stay there long enough to receive them. Hear that, hear that. See, when we pray, the word says that God hears us and answers. 
We have issues with time though, right? How many of you get mad at the microwave oven because it takes too long? Right? Like three minutes? Come on. Like for real, three minutes? I need to wait three minutes? It's a microwave and we get angry, right? But your grandmother's grandmother had to wait 30 minutes in the oven. An hour and a half in an oven for what we get in four minutes. Right? But we have this thing with time. And so, but the word says when we pray, God hears and answers. Problem is, sometimes we don't linger. We don't stay there long enough. God asks, God answers, God will send the blessing. The blessing will get there and, and there will be nobody living there with no return, no forwarding address. Because God doesn't send things to forwarding addresses. God sends them to the, to the people that he wants to bless. Those blessings need to overtake us. So listen, whatever you've been praying for, whatever you've been asking God for, I believe God is saying today, if you would put yourself in the right place at the right time, if you would stay out of wrong places, if you would trust me and obey, the blessings will overtake you. They'll overtake you. Amen? How much time are we willing to waste? Trusting God is going to show in your everyday life. Either you trust Him or you don't. You can't trust God a little. Either you trust Him or you don't. The lady with the issue of blood, like her, sometimes you have to risk it all and push through the crowd. The man Jairus, you have to be willing to invite God into your home if you want your children to be well again. One lapper out of the ten. You have to be re- willing to run back to God and praise Him loudly for the smaller blessings if you want to see the bigger blessing. The other nine guys got the smaller blessing. They thought that was it. They thought, man, God did an awesome thing. I was a leper, now I'm clean. They didn't know God had more. Not only do I want you clean, I want you whole. Amen? Some of you have gotten only halfway and you think it's good. It's better. There's more. There's more. Like, like the blind man, you have to use your blessings to follow him. If God has opened up your eyes that couldn't see before in your life, then use that vision to follow hard after him. Forget about who tells you to shut up and who tells you you're not important, who tells you you're insignificant. Shout out, push through, invite him home, run back to him, follow after him, get yourself in the right place at the right time. Now, family, I want to ask you, are you in the right place today? Let's bow our heads. Man, I, I, I think this is such a key, important message for, for an important time. Are you in the right place? Don't look at anybody. Don't, don't be discouraged or, 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 or uh, distracted by anybody. Ask yourself, what matters more than being in the right place right now before God? There's nothing matters more than that. I don't care how if your friends won't think you're this or if your boy won't think you're this. Who cares? If you want to continue being in the wrong place, then, then, then you choose. That's your choice. But you have an option today. And not only that, now the problem is, there's a problem. The problem is you've been exposed today. And the problem is God has already kind of explained everything to you today through me. And he's put a choice in your hands. And the choice is yours. Do you choose to be in the right place? God, I want to be in the right place. So I'm going to ask you today, 
Man, be bold about it. Men, man up if you have to. Young people, stop wasting years. I hate hearing testimony after testimony of, well, I, I got high, I got drunk, I did this, I did this, this. Before I found out it was stupid and a waste. Why can't we listen to all those testimonies and say, that's so stupid and a waste. I'm not going to go the same way because nothing's going to be different for me. It's still going to be stupid and a waste. So why don't I start now at 13, at 12, being in the right place at the right time. So young people, I'll encourage you and I'll call you out first. Are you in the right place? If you want to be in the right place, if you're saying, God, I want to be in the place where you speak to me, don't waste another minute. Come and join me. Come stand with me. Young people first. I don't mean to put people on the spot, but I think that's just what God wants to do today. God just wants to put us in a place where, listen, I'm going to, make it, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Because God, and, and this might, might be my frustration, and I apologize for the fleshly part of me getting into this message. I apologize, but I can't help it. Because God wants to bless you. And I want you to be blessed. And, and God has a whole lot more tolerance and grace than I do. And so I apologize for that. But I want you to be blessed. Young people, I want you to be blessed. I want you to have testimonies of, I never had to do this or that or that to find out it was stupid. Because I saw everybody else doing it. And so I saw that it was worthless. I want to be in the right place. Amen. 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 God bless you up here. God bless you guys. God bless you for being bold and and coming forward and saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody. I want to be in the right place at the right time. Let's let's extend a hand toward this direction, everybody that's sitting. And let's just say, let's ask God right now to bless our young people. Let them be representatives for every young people in the Bronx, for all of their friends, for their schools, for their jobs. Father, we ask you to bless this generation, Lord God. Bless them. Father, show them that when they get in the right place at the right time, that's when you speak. God, I ask from this day forward that they would hear your voice clearly, that they would see you talking to them, that they would see you, that God, you would show up in magazines, that you would show up in music, that you would show up in friends, that you would show up in places where they least expect it, not in wrong places, but in right places, Lord. Father, I pray that every young person that's standing here today, this week, would, and, and from this day forward, would always find themselves at the right place at the right time. I pray that, they would, that kids would ask them, that other young people would ask them, how come everything goes well for you? How come everything is good for you? How come nothing bad happens to you? And, and they'll be able to say, because I'm following hard after God. And he said that if I would obey him, that I'd be in the right place at the right time, and I believe it. Amen. We declare that over our young people today. Young adults. Young adults, there's some of you here. There's a lot of you here. I don't have to make the call again. You know, just come come join them. Come join them. Are you in the right place? If you desire to be in the right place, then the right place right now is before God. The right place right now, young adults, is before God, asking God. Listen, and I'm not saying that if you're coming up here, that means that you're bad or that means that you're out of... No. If you're coming up here, you're just saying, God, I want to be in the right place at the right time. 
And if that means just taking a couple of steps in a little church, who cares? I'm willing to do it. We bless them. We bless them. Bless our young adults. Ladies. Ladies. Do you desire to be in the right place? God says, if you, if you, It's, it's no coincidence in, in, the, in, in, in the language of the word. The Hebrew word for listen and obey is the same word. God just sees it as one thing. If you listen, you'll obey. Ladies, will you listen? Will you obey? Will you say, God, I want to be in the right place at the right time. And, 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 and God, I'll choose to let you be. I, I want to be married to you today. I want you to be my husband. I need you to be my source. I need you to be my provision. Ladies, would you come? Ladies, would you come? It's, it's, it should be such a beautiful picture that the, the older ladies would stand around the younger ladies and would teach and impart and, and, and show them how to follow hard after God. Would you do that? Young people, let's just come forward a little bit. Come forward a little bit. Leave room for the ladies to stand behind you. Men, men, you know I ain't playing with you. Men, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and, and, and I thank God for the men that God has given us here. I thank God that some of you get it. I thank God that some of you are so supportive, that some of you are so strong. And I thank God for you, but God is calling all of us to be at the same place. Amen. So men, would you come and stand behind the young adults, stand behind the women, stand behind everyone that's here saying, God, I want to be in the right place today. I want to be in the right place today. Are you guys getting ready to do Messiah? Because God, amen, God wants to bring us to the wailing wall. We need to come to that wall where we can cry out and say, God, heal me. God, touch me. God, make sure that I'm in the right place at the right time. Here's what I'm going to ask all of you here to do. Let's not even, let's not even pray for anybody. Let's not, let's just come and stand right where we are and let's just cry out to God and worship and let's just say, God, I want to be in the right place at the right time. I'm tired of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm tired of not hearing God's voice. I'm tired of not getting direction. I'm tired of getting blessing after blessing and having it turn to nothing because I didn't use the blessing to follow hard after you. Some of you, there's healing. There's healing here. All you need to do is reach out and touch his garment. And it's not my pants or his jeans. It's just reach out and touch God. Reach out and get to the place where God wants you to be. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to worship. As we sing this song, let's worship. As we sing this song, let's praise to God. Let's just give him some praise. And young, young people, I want you to be the loudest. Young adults, I want you to be the second loudest. Ladies, I want you to be strong. Men, I want you to be the strongest. Amen? Let's worship. Come on, let's do it. supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, 
and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.